Welcome to Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Frankfurt am Main, Germany. And I'm Balash Renzi, coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany. Balash, it has been a long, long time since we've gotten together. Oh yeah. How are you? It's been months. It's been. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how are you doing, man? How's things in Frankfurt? Yeah, doing well. And you sound good, by the way. You sound peppy and uh, ready for uh, end of year festivities. Absolutely. I'm here for the next two days. No, next uh, today is Tuesday. I'm here for one more day. And then I'm taking uh, a much-deserved 10-hour train ride mm. to Hungary. Wow. Yeah. You mean you deserve to sit on a train for 10 hours or you just deserve to go off on a bit of vacation? Both, because I love German trains. I'm a big fan of the Deutsche Bahn. <laughs> Always on time, right? Oh yeah, like Ja Rule, oh, yeah. like a broke, like a broken clock twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's uh yeah, it's my never-ending love story with with Deutsche Bahn. Funnily enough, um, I don't know if I said it in the last uh, one of the previous podcasts in April, uh, when I first traveled to Hungary after you know COVID and so many months, um, I was um. Really, it's, I don't know, six, seven, eight months, I'm even longer probably since I last took a train. And I had to call a taxi because early in the morning when I was calling the taxi, I was in a taxi actually going to the train station and I looked at my app <laughs> and I said, and I saw train, uh, whatever, ECA train canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mother, honestly, eight months or a year, I don't know. And the first ride I take, is canceled. How do you cancel a train? Like, really, it just exactly. doesn't make sense. It either exactly. is on the tracks exactly. or it's not, right? So, and and it wasn't a train from Karlsruhe. I think it was a train from from Hamburg or something coming down, you know. And then I had to take it in Karlsruhe and then all the way to Munich and blah blah blah. Cancelled. Then the last time I took a train or one of the last times I'm going to Geneva, the train left at ten thirty in the morning. At eight o'clock, I checked the app. The train is forty minutes delayed. Hmm. Two and a half hours before the train supposed to arrive to Kassel, it was already 40 minutes. But you know, you can imagine, instead of taking two trains to Geneva, I took four or five. I, or five, I can't even remember. So, Well, yeah. you got your fitness, though, you know, running <laughs> from train to train. So, Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's what's up with me. But, um, yeah, when was the last time we talked? I don't Oof, remember. I bet it's been, Must have been honestly, July, August. Maybe even before that. Honestly, I think it was before like early summer and shame on us. Yeah. I know we meant to get together, um, but life just sort of got in the way. And I know, um, you know, with things having reopened a bit, um, mm -hmm. we were moving around a bit. I was traveling quite a bit. And now of course we're back in a situation where nobody knows what's coming next, but it's been a, it was a, a little bit of a return. And I think we were, both kind of enjoying that right oh yeah absolutely uh by the way it was june the last time we talked wow 12th of june um uh, yeah almost almost six months boom um yeah i um i also uh as i said took a few trains and planes and 
traveled quite a bit, probably not as as uh, much as you did, but uh, next year seems to be a bit busy for me as well, or at least the first half of the year. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, of course, given that everything is going to be how it is now, or even better, um, let's hope so. Um, just a just an inside joke for uh, for our German listeners: Are you 2G or 2G plus? Oh yeah, Israel? I am uh, immer 2G. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, you want you want to explain our our listeners what what uh, what the joke is? Yeah, so here in Germany, you know, to get into a a store or something non-essential, they have what's called two G, which is uh, help me out here, Balash, is a genesene or geimpfte? Yeah, exactly. So basically, recovered or vaccinated, and then you have places that are 2G plus, which basically allows them to sort of throw caution to the wind in terms of social distancing and how many people you can fit into an establishment. And that means that you're one of those two things plus you've been tested within the last 24 hours. So, Or you're boosted. Ah, does boosted count as the plus now? I think so. And also if you're vac- like me, if you're vaccinated and you vaccinate, the last vaccination is not older than six months, you're automatically um, upgraded to 2G+. It's like the platinum card of Amex. Oh, I guess. wow. It's 2G+. You know what I can't yeah. help but think about when I hear about boosters? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Was that, the, was the, college, the college boosters? No, no, no. That uh, What was that? Was it permanent MC? When your girl don't treat you or when your man don't treat you like he used to, I'll kick in like a turbo booster. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> could be. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't stop thinking about that. So yeah, you know. wow. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get my booster probably in a few days or maybe in a week. So yeah. Speaking of old and, um, school hip hop, I was. Um, I was watching the um, last night on Apple TV. I was watching this uh, two hour sort of like stage production of the Beastie Boys and their history. Um, okay, man, I gotta tell you, it was, uh, I, I grew up with the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And I let, mm-hmm. and I, I do really like their music and saw them in concert, all that kind of stuff. And, but man, this, this show was a little bit, felt a little forced, you know, the two remaining members were up on stage. Yeah. I don't know if it was like in Carnegie hall or radio city, but yeah, it was just like a little bit. Yeah. It's a bit disappointing. So I have to say I'm I'm not really a big BC Boys fan. I could never uh, get the vibe or whatever. I I think I mean probably bless me bless me what I'm saying, but most of their songs sound the same to me. Uh, but it could be also a generational thing. Um, yeah, I think at one point you should just just stop it. You know, when you're 50 or over 50 and you still act like you're 18 and 20 and it's a, it's a different times, right? So that's the thing. They kind of didn't act like they were 18, which was what maybe even made it more, <laughs> more mm-hmm. you know, they, they really felt like people I work with or something. And, um, <laughs> it's even worse, you know, or, or people we all, you know, just know. And, um, yeah, yeah. The, but the, but the funny thing was, so they were showing like some really early footage when they joined Def Jam and mm-hmm. Rick Rubin was really a trip. Um, mm-hmm. so then, you know, there's some pictures of course with run DMC and then Russell Simmons and Russell Simmons is there wearing like this, um, kind of like this pullover, these sort of tight jeans and a Rolex date eight. 
just looked normal, you know? And, um, but yeah, with the day date, uh, I was, I had to tell Robert John about that because, uh, as we all know, he's jonesing for one. So it's just funny how ubiquitous those watches are on anybody who was successful at that time. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's like, what is that early to mid eighties, 84, 85, 86, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Def Jam was founded. Well, and now uh, you don't want to talk about Russell Simmons nowadays because you know what what's what's going on with him, right? Yeah, troubling things it seems. So yeah, he sold everything he owned, as far as I know, and he moved to Bali. Yeah, um, there's no extradition a, treaty there. Exactly, correct? exactly, it's kind of wild. exactly. Because there's some some uh, yeah some ladies allegedly. Um, well, I don't know if there's an official report. I guess there's an official report and, a, and a, a warrant for his arrest. But yeah, allegedly he molested some ladies in the in the 80s or 90s. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we should not comment on that. But it's it's um, well, what he did for hip hop is pretty revolutionary, anyways. Yeah, and his brother. So, so what are we going to talk about today? I think we're going to talk about 2021. Uh-huh. The year in reverse. No, um, we're going to talk about some of the the favorite watches that came out this year, and then we'll spend mm-hmm. the time at the end uh, on a little bit of a rant. Uh, but as always, we're going to kick things off with what is on your wrist or the Handgelenkskontrolle. Handgelenkskontrolle. So Balash, what is on your Handgelenks? Yeah, so I'm. Um, I have to write an article, a review about the um, Nevada um, Super Antarctic mm. and re-edition. And uh, Nevada was gracious enough to send me all three co- or dial colors or, or iterations of the same watch. One comes with a white, um, just normal indexes, and one comes with a, a green Super Loom index and one comes with mm, yellow fall patina kind of but i don't think it's really fall patina it's just yellow i guess it looks like a fall patina uh it's just yellow um so it's um i i haven't really done my research on the history of this i have to say yet but it looks like um if you quickly google it mike like uh like an explorer like a rolex explorer one Mm mm-hmm you have big triangle, upside down triangle uh, indexes at three, six, nine, and twelve, and then you have something like a Mercedes hands, but the 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 Mercedes hand is just round. There is no star or whatever you want to call it inside the the circle, and it looks kind of weird, you know, because when you look at these hands with a round tip, you always look for the the Mercedes logo, quote unquote logo. But but this one is missing, and in the original one it was also missing. So it's um it's pretty decent. So it's a nice looking watch. Um, I'm checking it out. Obviously, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it, I think it's. Oh wait, let me check. I can actually measure it because I have my measure with me. It's um thirty eight. Oh, and about twelve millimeters thick. It's a Perfect dress watch size, I, I would say. Comes on a, br- a brown leather strap. Nice Nevada box. Um, I'm not sure which one my favorite is. Probably the white, the one with the white 
indexes, albeit that doesn't look any vintage. But that's yeah, that's just the one that that speaks to me the most out of all three. Um, Do you happen to know what is lying inside of that watch? Is it a Salida or Miota? I'm guessing yes. Okay. No, I'm guessing it's a Salida because they use Salida. Uh, for other Nevadas as well, unless they have the limited editions with the volume. So you have the one with the yellowy loom, you said? I have all three. Oh, okay. And and you like the one I with the, the yellowy loom best? I like I like the one with the white one because oh, okay. it looks modern. Yeah, the yellowy kind of looks strangely too yellow. I, I, and as I said, I think they wanted to go for this far patina look, but it's just too modern, too too yellow, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. for, for, the, for this far patina look. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very cool watch. I, I've been wearing this for a few days, and um, I'm more of a of a well, a, as you know, a, a Chrono Master fan. But um, and I had the 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 Chrono King with the date at twelve o'clock. That was nice as well. Um, but this is a this is a great time only alternative, and I mean, as far as price is concerned. Um, I guess you can do much worse than than um. I think it's less than seven or six eighty something. Six hundred fifty euros, I see. And there you go. Yeah. So they made this watch originally. You're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the sixties. I've never yeah, seen yeah. one. I've never yeah, come if, across it, one. It's you. You can get it, and and um, it's quite interesting. I think they're much smaller, but but really the hands are the same. This kind of sword minute hand and this. As I said, this Mercedes type hour hand. Mm. Um, the cool thing is, but that's with every Nevada these days, if you click on any of the watches, you can see that it comes obviously in a bunch of straps, right? But it also comes on the Nevada bracelets. Um, and it uh, like a, like a, um, I think it's a beads of rice and an oyster, whatever, but, and the rubber, but it also comes on Forstner's. So they have this collaboration with Farsco oh, nice. where you can you can get the watch on uh, the bone clip or just clip as they call it, as Farsten calls it, or you can get it on a Farsten Beats of Rides bracelet or the Riveted bracelet. And I think that's quite cool, right? Because, I mean, I use my Farsteners on, on different watches. I'm guessing you too. So that's kind of a uh, a two-in-one. You, you get the Nevada and you can use the bracelet on any of your other watches because it's not specifically made for this watch. Yeah, it's a really high-quality bracelet option too. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, getting those sweet BMWs with the BBSs, B. That's right. You can swap those out, you know? There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to BBS. Yeah, bankrupt, right? Again. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sadly. No no drug dealer money could save them. Got to bring those gold basket weaves back, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's so, that's nice. Sounds like a cool yeah. watch. That's a it's a it's a decent one. Um, what's uh, what's on your wrist though? So uh, today I'm actually wearing something that's kind of similar in in mission, let's say, and something that I just got today. So I am wearing a 1973 Rolex Datejust 1600. So yeah, with a just a I'm sorry, I, I I can't lie here, but this blue dial is absolutely stunning, and mm. it is um, flawless as well. So th- this watch is on a jubilee, and for those who 
aren't familiar with all the numbering on these date justs, which that's perfectly excusable because uh, there are a lot of numbers. But the 1600 is the smooth bezel version. And, Mm -hmm. you know, most people think of a fluted or I guess they call it like machined or engine turned bezel. Engine, Engine turned, yeah. But um, I'd never owned a smooth bezel Datejust, and it is a really stealthy look, actually. Um, and mm-hmm. I am loving the hell out of it. And, okay, it's it's brand new, but this dial is really stunning. I'll shoot you a picture of it, and you'll see it in, a, uh, in an article coming soon. But this is my first... Um, sort of steel date just from this era. I have a, a later one that was my grandfather's uh, from yeah, the nineties. And yeah, this is really, it's on a Jubilee, which is in great shape. It's a folded Jubilee. So mm-hmm. probably what's the year. Yeah. Like 73 ish. So is that sort of like the last throws yeah. of folded, I guess. Um, I was about to say, yeah. Cause after that, I guess they went with the, the solid links. Yeah, and I sized it today, which was a little bit, um, how would I say? Um, yeah, I was a little nervous, but it, it was easy to do and um, some good tools. But the um, the watch fits really well. It's super comfortable. It doesn't, you know, the bracelet doesn't feel rattly and, and, um, and weak. So I think this is going to get a lot of use. Actually, I'm I'm going to wear the heck out of this over the next uh, several weeks and and just enjoy it. So I don't know yeah, why cool. I'm into date just lately, but um, maybe that's because every other type of Rolex seems unaffordable now. So <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, funnily enough though, I had you know everybody talks about uh, the wait list and, and Rolex not delivering, and let's not let's not go down that rabbit hole, but um lately in the last two months i think i've heard from one friend in berlin who got a batman Mm -hmm. i've heard from another friend um who got uh not in germany uh who got a batman and i've heard another friend from another friend in uh, south of germany who was promised that his explorer one will be delivered in january Okay. So whether that's a coincidence or not, I don't know. I saw that the prices are going to be increased by 11% next year. So your 9,000 euro uh, Batman is going to be 10 plus change next year if you are bumped on top of the waiting list. Yeah. Well, so so funny enough, um, and I'm sure this happens with you, but I have some friends who reach out and always ask if I have any connections to... Help yeah. them get a watch, and and I'm like, well, I think the big man upstairs himself couldn't get a Rolex if he wanted to right now. Um, mm-hmm. But um, a friend of mine and his wife were looking to get her father a date just for his 70th birthday, and it's kind of sad because they, you know, they they had a model that they wanted. They actually wanted the the 41 with the smooth bezel with a a blue dial and. Mm-hmm. but they were willing to take a couple other colors, which is, is crazy to think like an item like that, that you'd be willing to, let's call it settle on something that isn't exactly yeah. what you want. But yeah, they were out in, in San Francisco the other week and happened to meet up with a friend. And I guess this friend, you know, buys watches at, at a local boutique and they just said, Hey, 
yeah, we're really looking for this watch. And he's like, well, let me call and you never know. And in fact, they got really lucky and got the watch retail, all that good stuff. But there's no doubt about it. They're shipping watches and, and Hey, maybe some things are a little bit better now just because, um, you know, some of those COVID constraints they had early on, but I, I happened to be in the U S about two weeks ago and I won't say where I was because, um, yeah, anyhow, I was, um, Mm. I was in a store and had nothing to do with watches, but there happened to be somebody who worked in a, an AD that, that carried Rolex, um, in that store, trying on some, uh, article of clothing. And he was talking to the salesperson and they clearly knew each other, but Mm -hmm. he was talking about how, um, literally not one Rolex that they get in makes it to the floor. Every single watch they have has somebody somebody's name behind it or somebody to call who will probably buy it. And that includes mid-size this, diamond, festooned, whatever. And um hmm. yeah, and then the guy kind of said, Yeah, he's like, well, do you ever get in returns? Like somebody's not happy with what they want. He's like, well, funny you say that. He said last week we got a somebody brought in a, a watch with a silver case. Uh, um hmm. and you know, the salesperson wasn't a huge watch person. So he, he kind of just said it like that. And he's like, and I'm thinking, yes, I know it's the Tudor black Bay. And he's like, Oh mm-hmm. really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, we don't do that too much, but the guy hadn't worn it. Um, and the watch had a little bit of tarnish on it and, um, he brought it in and he's like, he brought it in and within 45 minutes it was gone. So somebody else who was on the list came in and got it. And, um, just madness, really madness. But um, he did say they're shipping watches. He's just like, they don't get to the floor, which I also kind of took as he wasn't really getting much commission because there was no real sale. It was just sort of all pre-sold. So no clue how shops do all that stuff. But um, yeah, it, it sounded uh, frustrating from his end. Hmm. I mean, I was, uh, I don't know if we talked since then, but I was in, I uh, definitely talked before when I went to Malta and uh, that was, uh, if you, you've been there as well, so you know that there's, or I'm not sure if you remember, there's this Rolex boutique on the well, the main street or one of the main streets, I don't know, in, in Valletta, which is, in the, which is the capital mm-hmm. city or whatever of Malta. I'll, although I thought that this whole island is just a big city because everywhere you go is just streets connecting to other streets and then boom you're in another city but anyways um it's there's a there's a rolex boutique um the corner of a building and i took a picture i can't remember was it a batman i have to quickly check out my photos but anyways the the thing is there were um like maybe four watches in the window the ones that had prices on uh, under them were the either a ladies model or something with a diamond encrusted diamond the platinum whatever yep. and then you don't want to see those prices and then there was um there was even a, a yacht master like a solid gold yacht master or, or sky dweller was it i think with a four exhibition only sign yeah, and there was yeah. a batman with the same sign and then i was thinking should i go into the store and then i said nah Nope. I really don't need to listen to the BS that they're going to sell me. Like, yeah, it's not like this. It's that and whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't make. Yeah. I, I was there for 
for a good time and not to you know listen to the same crap i'm sorry to say but we've been listening um yeah yeah years and years well it's gotten even you know it's just gotten worse and and unfortunately you know it's not just them you see some other brands you know i've been in well since we've spoken i've been in florida i've been in las vegas i've been in um denver i've been in dc and you know, you see there Rolex, you see Audemars, you see others. And truly it's just people standing in these stores and all they're doing is playing on their phones because they have nothing to sell. And, yep. um, yeah, I mean, last weekend, um, met up with a couple of watch folks and one came in from, from another European country and he stepped into Bucherer and he, they said, Oh, can we help you? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you guys have this huge Rolex sign out front. He's like, I'd love to look at some Rolexes and, you know, see how I could get one. And I guess the person said something to the degree. Well, unfortunately here you can, you can just come to look and maybe try on. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah, it's just a funny response. So I'm not even, I'm not even sure if that, if that makes sense for, for Rolex. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think it does. And, you know, clearly when you talk to people who don't get too emotional about it, it's just the demand is so high. And the problem is that sadly right now, any single person, even if they just don't know anything about watches can just buy and flip, you know, and it's, maybe it's not everything, but heck when a steel date just is going for a couple grand over retail or more, then it doesn't take long for people just to figure out, you know, this is a good place to sink seven grand in on my credit card and turn it into 10. And it, it, it's, um, it's become, I think just, um, incredibly popular and it it has spread well beyond people who want to buy watches. So, yeah. Right. I mean, look at the Rolex Oyster forty one uh prices on Chrono with the with the turquoise dial, the, the Tiffany dial. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Forty thousand, fifty thousand for a five thousand dollar or six thousand exactly. dollar watch. I mean on the other hand, good luck with the sale. I mean, I, I, I have no doubt that those watches would stay with their owners for forty five thousand. Uh you really I'm sorry to say you really have to be an idiot to pay that much money for that watch, but hey. Idiots abound, right? And um <sighs> There you go. You know, I feel like when things reopened last year for a brief window, um, I feel like in Frankfurt and heck if I know, may, uh, because they didn't have those for display only things back then. I don't know if they would have sold them to me, but I do remember between Vempe and Ruschenbeck here in Frankfurt, they had, mm-hmm. there was like a 41 millimeter. I don't know if it was the green or the yellow one. And then I think they had like the 36 millimeter the, the blue and the pink, you know, between the two stores mm-hmm. and, you know, crazy enough, like I had a thought in my mind, like, oh, you know, like I should just go in there on a lark and it, especially if the blue one's available, you know, my wife liked the color and, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't do it. I was kind of like you, I just didn't feel like going in there and having to, you know, be yeah. told no potentially. And yeah, I didn't, don't love it that much. So I, um, I didn't do it, but that was the last time I ever saw anything in the window anywhere. Everything else has always been for display only. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a shame. And I think that, you know, as we get into talking about the year in, in reverse here, 
I don't think there's a Rolex on either of our lists. And it does show that, you know, more than ever now, there's some really, really good stuff that, um, that others have come out with. So. Oh yeah. Speaking of which. Why don't you lead us off? Okay. So, um, we each picked three watches that came out this year that we, that we enjoyed. Can I, um, can I throw one in we- as like special mention later? Cause I, yeah, I, I yeah. should have so, uh, put it in three plus one then, um, then I'll, I'll also do four, uh, three plus one. And, um, some we have bought some, you have bought some, I have bought, um, so my first pick is something that actually um, you wrote about, uh, and that is the Doxa Sub 600T, mm. um, which is the new line, uh, well, new old line, right? Because it's a new line for Doxa, but obviously based on a model from the 80s. However, um, I quite like the Pacific uh, that was the collaboration with uh, Time and Tide. Oh, yeah. I saw it in Geneva Watch Days this year, and then in November... I um, sadly uh, happened to have the unpleasant experience of sitting next to Andrew a few times <laughs> from time and tide. And um, he's just as annoying in real life as he is in, on social media, guys. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm joking. He's a great guy, probably in his sleep. But um, he had the watch with him. And um, yeah, it's it's as I said, I've seen the watch in Geneva. That particular dial... Um, or that particular color, not just the dial, but the bezel, is something very cool. It's not your everyday color. Um, and the case itself is, I don't know, Mike, help me out here. Do you think it's its, it's 80s or you think it's modern enough not to be just a boring re-edition and kind of cool? Because I remember when you know when we started buying vintage Doxas, that was the stuff like, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, the whatever. Aubrey, yeah, they, Aubrey era they wasn't made. cool. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had some quartz ones. They had some mechanical ones, but this one I feel is it has some some pizzazz that that the, the vintage one didn't have, at least to me. Yeah, well, certainly that color adds a lot, and then the I think the titanium helps too. Although I like the new steel ones that they just announced, and um, I do think also angular watches like that obviously are on a bit of a a bit of a high right now. There's clearly with all the integrated sports models, some of which uh, kind of lend themselves to our prior conversation of not being available, um, are are really hot. And this feels like good timing. And the size, if I remember correctly, is is really reasonable too. So it, did, did you find it very wearable? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're we're on, on the, the two spectrums of wrist sizes, right? Because mine is relatively large and yours is relatively small but uh, i don't know how you felt it when you when you tried it on if you did um it's obviously smaller than the 300s mm-hmm. uh which is which is i mean the 300 itself is also a, a smaller or a thinner yeah. uh, case i should say um compared to the vintage ones you and i have but i think it's a it's a very comfortable size as you said the titanium might be uh, another factor i love the the uh, the rubber strap I'm not really a fan of the bracelets. I'm sorry, I have to say that. Uh, although I think that never came on a bracelet, but the the, the other models do. Um, it's yeah, it's it's smaller than the than the 300 at probably is that 39 millimeters? Yeah, Let me it's just check. below 40, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, 
Yeah, I think it I think it's a really good release and you know, to me what it what it tells us is that Doxa is you know, going to do some different case designs and you know, certainly when they had their cheeky response to the Synchron uh, from earlier this year, you know, they said mm-hmm. something will come and my big concern was that they would use the same case as their normal sub 300 which is certainly not faithful to the original 300, um, second gen, third gen, whatever in the seventies. So maybe it tells me that they're going to come out with a new sub 300 case and, and, and be faithful because this, again, what you're talking about, the 600 T is, is really a nice faithful case to back what they made in the eighties. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my first pick. (laughs) Um, I think for, uh, under two K, uh one one eight or something like that you could do much worse than that especially if you're into into sports watches uh into divers and and whatnot um let me check now what's the price on that one is it under two uh, yeah it's one one four five on a bracelet uh one three fifty a one four nine on a bracelet one three fifty on a rubber come on that's Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a sweet deal. So yeah, that's my first one. What's uh what's yours? So I'm gonna kind of do a tit for tat here, and um, this is also a recent release. Well, I guess the Doxa Steel ones are a recent release as well, but the Aquastar Deep Star Two. And mm. um, I have to say, I was chatting with Rick a long time ago, and he showed me a dial for this. And you know, at first glance, I was like, okay can't tell that much from just a loose dial, but I thought, all right, this is going to be kind of weird that it's going to be something in the deep star, uh, image, but not a chronograph. And then I saw the watch, um, and images as a complete watch. And I thought, "Hmm, this looks pretty interesting. And then he sent it, um, to me to try. And I used it in the article along with the, Mm -hmm. uh, beads of rice bracelet that, you know, it was made just for this watch because it's got 19 millimeter lugs. Um, and and I have to say, I walked away incredibly impressed because the watch is um, 36, just below 37 millimeters. So it's actually the same diameter as the original Deep Star from the back in the uh, early 60s, the original chronograph. And the lug, lug to lug is like 46. So, and, and you know, the skin diver type style. It's, it's got chunky lugs and it wears beautifully. It really wears like just something you could wear every day, day in and day out. It's only 12 millimeters thick. So it's got a lot of similarity to the 600 T you just mentioned in terms of that wearability. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we both saw the deep star that came out in 2020. And I think, you know, my reservation with it was and is the size. Um, it's a bit big for me, but what I liked about it was the finishing and this watch really boasts the same finishing. And, you know, you've just got these matte surfaces, that polished funky bezel and a really well done dial. So yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Um, it, it is sold out for the year, but he's basically going to do a batch of 500 every year. He mentioned that he's limited by uh, Salida in terms of movement uh, availability, at least at mm-hmm. this stage. Uh, so it's nice. It's limited, but it's not a limited edition, which is is kind of refreshing these days. And 
1590. Um, there was a, a nice pre-order for a couple hundred bucks less than that. Uh, it, it's a, you know, it's, there's competition in this range, but it's a nice mm-hmm. sort of unorthodox choice. And there are a lot of watches these days using the skin diver style again, everything from like yeah. the, the 62 Moss recreation and, and whatnot. And I think this is a really convincing option. So well done. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying mine. I, I think that, you know, much of what Rick touches or basically everything he does, he, 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 he brings some, <laughs> he, he brings something interesting to the game and this was a good release. Yeah. No, I love that, uh, beautiful, uh, blue dial and, uh, also the, the nylon strap. It's pretty cool. But it's, it, this was never made in back in the day with this white subdial at nine o'clock, right? No, no. It's a design from the chronograph. They basically use the same design idea. Yeah, and and you're right because the chronograph it sits at three o'clock, the big eye. So it's it's a weird yeah. like uh, you know your your mind plays tricks a little bit. And you know his his comment is that basically when he spoke with the founders, they said you know no, they didn't do this. But had they not been sort of toppled by the whole quartz uh, revolution, this is something they could have seen themselves doing because the the bezel essentially still does its job right whether it's a chronograph or not so yeah exactly yeah so it's 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 not a straight up reissue which i think is also kind of nice um but it still is a play on the theme so Mm -hmm. nicely done nicely done thousand four hundred ninety dollars pre-order price thousand eight ninety was a retail price which is what about one six euros one one two one three and one six euros um, again, the same same price range as the Doxa. If you're in the market for a sports watch, a modern sports watch with some with some uh, a bit a bit of a um, a vintage DNA, I think uh, either Mike's or my choice is um, is something to consider if you can get one. Obviously, yeah, cool, very cool. So, what you got next? Um, well, funnily enough, um, you mentioned Synchron, and um, I thought, well, why not, right? Um, I bought this watch, you bought this watch, um, Tomasz bought the watch, and also Rob did, um, I think it's the four of us. Um, and it's, again, uh, I don't want to <laughs> hype Rick too much, but this is another one of his, well, creations, or maybe not his creations, but definitely something that he uh, made it happen in the end. The design comes from, uh, vintage military watches, military doxa watches on the Synchron era. And uh, I think you had the watch. I, yeah, of course, everybody had the watch before me because <laughs> that was some issue with my order. So I, I was I was late to the party. Although I, he promised me one and I ordered one. And in the end, uh, there were some issues and I, I got the, the wrong one or you got the wrong one. For me. I can't remember. Anyways, in the end, I got the steel one, which I wanted. Um, I have to say, I have not worn the watch too much since then. Mm-hmm because simply I was not really out and about. If I go on a holiday, I might take my G-Shock these days, but um, but I'm, I'm planning on giving it a bit more risk time next year. But that's my second pick. Yeah, the, the Synchron Military, I think, probably stands as one of the more interesting, you could call it kind of cult releases from 2021. And it really from sort of a far corner just shook up the uh shook up the 
the watch nerd internet for at least, you know, a week there or so. And it was really just no one saw it coming. And yeah, I, I firstly, yes, when I got your watch, um, when I was over in the US, it was the um, PVD co- uh, colored one. And frankly, I should have just bought that one and kept it too, because looking back, it was pretty awesome. And really unbeknownst to us, maybe in the beginning, it was pretty darn faithful to the original. And, um, but just a neat watch in terms of colors and very different than anything I think either of us own, but yet familiar because the case feels an awful lot like a seventies Doxa sub 300. And for you, especially because I know how you love to wear your vintage one or certainly did when you traveled, this will be a really cool modern analog with a, with obviously quite a twist on the dial. And I really enjoy it. I I've also not worn it in the last uh, weeks or so, but every time I put it on, I kind of smile and think, yeah, this is really different than anything I own. Yeah, exactly. I, I talked about this in one of the previous podcasts that I really love my, my vintage Aqualung and I, I wore it quite a lot um, until I realized maybe it's uh, not a good idea uh, to, you know, take it off at airports and, and throw it in the bag and this and that because the loom is, well, it's uh, it's quite old. So I, I I retired that watch. But this is a perfect, perfect companion to take instead, especially if you're going on a, on a holiday somewhere by the beach. So um, I, I love, as you said, the, the color is different, the style is different, the design is cool. Obviously, it's not a new design. It's it's something that's coming from the military, and henceforth, the colors are are important parts, and the, the, the huge indexes and the orange hands are important part of the watch. But that really makes uh, it special to me and kind of stand out. So yeah, this is my second choice. Uh, again, it's another diver. Uh, I promise it's the last one on my list. <laughs> But uh, yeah, help me out. G- give us something that's that's not a diver, please. All right, I'll shake up my order. I was going to do one more diver and then move on to chronographs, but I'll do a chronograph. I'll kind of go every other. How about that? Okay. Good, um, good. So my next one is the Breitling Premier uh, 40 millimeter, and it has a, well, some say pistachio. I grew up saying pistachio, so I'm saying pistachio green dial. Mm. And- these watches um, follow up on the original Premier that came out several years before with the automatic movement with a 42 millimeter case. And those were really, really nice watches. I, I had one in the um, kind of the uh, panda dialed version when they first came out, did a review on it. And I was really impressed with the finishing I mean, 42 millimeters, I could make it work, but it was a little bit large on my wrist and a little bit thicker. And, you know, Breitling came out this year with three different premieres, all manual wind, or sorry, I believe two manual wind watches, um, one, the duograph and and this piece. And really there's nobody coming out with manual wind kind of sorted, sort of dressy chronographs these days in this um, under $10,000 price range. You know, this is really reserved mm-hmm. for the long A's and those folks coming out with a dressier chronograph. And 
I was finally able to try one on at Geneva Watch Days, and I think I saw one in the window a month or two before that. But you know, I had to write about them blind, basically from the press release. But it met all of my expectations when I saw it in person. It's a beautifully finished watch. That green dial is really something. And again, it's manual wind, which is just such a refreshing thing uh, to see from a big brand. And yeah, to me, it just kind of continues the the trend of, of good things that Breitling has been doing over the last several years. Um, at 7,400 euros, it's... Um, you know, it's understandably not inexpensive, but it is a, a Breitling and that's the, that's sort of the playground that they're in. And yeah, I, I, I really like it. Um, again, if, if people haven't gone and seen it in person, I think they'd be really impressed. It's just 13 millimeters thick. So also really refreshing in a day and age when movements tend to be thicker and thicker because they're being used for all kinds of applications and, you know, they're looking to save money, but not this one. It's really nice. Mm. I'm, I've never seen it in real life. I think I haven't, haven't seen it. Let me think, but the, the green is something. Yeah. The, the problem is the pictures that you see on Brightling's website is, is not the best. I'm sorry to say I'm, I'm a bit, well, they're, you know, they're, they're bright light renderings, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, that's a lot of sites. I mean, I, I think Omega uses some, some pretty very bright renderings and it, sure. it just, you know, I know in this last two years or year and a half, we've moved to a lot of digital sales for new watches, but you know, I tend to believe at, at these price levels, it's if you can go see something in person, which they offer appointments and things like that, um, that's probably your best bet. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would not. I would not order it just just based on these uh, these stupid renderings. Um, but I'm curious to see. I, actually, when I was in when I was in Geneva, I was at the at the Breitling boutique during Geneva Watch Days. But I think we just missed each other. You left the day I arrived, or something. That like was on that, purpose. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you you did good because you should have not seen what happened after that. But uh, anyways. Um, yeah, it's it's not a cheap watch, obviously. But as you said, this is the price that Breitlings go for these days, and it is a Breitling. Um, it's definitely not my my choice, not from from these images. Maybe in real life, um, I'm also not much of a of a burgundy guy, so I would probably go for the the B uh, nine chronograph with the with the gold case and the gold um, uh, dial. But uh, but yeah. Everything you said is, I agree in, in terms of being at manual wind and, and things like that. And that's really a, a ballsy move from, from a brand or, or well, I should say maybe not that, but just a, a move you don't really see these days. You either see that in the, in the 15 to 100 to 2000 euro price range or the expensive ones. Very, very interesting watch. I'd love to see it in real life and um, maybe it changed change my mind. Let's see. Yeah. Well, maybe you can uh, segue into a chronograph because I think it's also a, yeah. Yeah, I should. So speaking of interesting dial colors, um, another watch brand that made a comeback this year is Excelsior Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have uh, a bunch of the vintage models. Uh, I don't yet, um, but I really love the, the, the simplicity of the watches and I love the movement of this. This is for me a, a, a great... Uh, um, 
reason basically to, to get an Excelsior Park. However, if you're not into the movement itself, you just love the look and, and want to own something with, with the name Excelsior Park on it, then obviously there's um, there's a few watches you can choose from. Um, and one of them um, is the one that I picked for for, the, for my list comes in a salmon or pink dial. It's um, it's a two-register chronograph, registered at the three and at the nine, with the beautiful thin blued hands and this and this uh, pink salmon dial um, with, with Excelsior Park and nothing else on the dial, which I quite love. I took this watch uh, to Dubai Watch Week with me, and I have to say um, quite a lot of people stopped me and took pictures of it and wanted to check it out because of the dial color, because uh, it was... It was, um, you know, it, it just pops. You can see it from a distance. Um, the other dials, other dial colors that Excelsior Park offers is white, one black one. And uh, I think there's one with white, red, and blue, like the vintage ones. But, um, and those all have like loom hands or loomed. Uh, I think only the hands are loomed. This is the one that's like no loom on a dial, just a print. Um, but I think it's just really, really beautiful. It's a beautiful watch. And again, this is something that you can get with a, with a um, an automatic or with the manual wind movement. And the price is nineteen hundred euros. So pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed, um, and and I think that what excites me about these is that there's, <laughs> you know, it, it's a it's a really really nice return for this brand because i mean we've both seen uh, watch brands return that are not so successful or kind of done in a ham-fisted way and this watch actually looks really fine um it, it's the thickness is nice it just looks like it's well crafted and no i think it's a great return and and you know if i think about some of the the Galley pieces that I own, or even the one Excelsior Park branded watch I own, I think that their options are almost endless in what they can do dial wise. You can think about yachting, um, decimals, uh, the tuxedo dial I own. I think there's some really exciting things potentially coming. And yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, I I haven't seen the 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 plans yet. I've only seen the first four models. Uh, I I received three of the four, but I had to let the black one go pretty fast because uh, <clears throat> somebody else needed it, another a journalist. But as I said I had the white one and I had the pink one, and I think it's a it's a very cool watch. It's a in if you're into vintage or or neo vintage or whatever you want to call it, then then this is some definitely something that you should try on. And and I I guarantee the pink. In the pictures, it look exactly the same as the pink in real life. Hmm. It's breathtaking. So, oh, that's so cool. very cool watch. So that's my uh, last pick, actually. So we come to your last pick, and then we do the plus ones. How about that? Yeah, so it's not really your last. Yeah, well, we said three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. All right, so my last pick is the uh, Tudor Black Bay 58 Silver. So... Hmm. Yeah, and I think that what a controversial watch and, I mean, just the subject of memes galore and all kinds of, of, of discussions. But I always maintain that as a person who went to school for material science, that 
I enjoy seeing watches and things made out of strange materials and, you know, silver as, as has often been discussed with watches is, is really a throwback material to a hundred years ago. And there are many good reasons as to why it's not really used in, uh, in, in mass today. And, you know, chief of which is because it tarnishes. And so, yeah, I was intrigued by this tutor when it came out. And I think probably what actually, you know, added to the, uh, the whole interest level for me is um, we went to Malaga when things opened up in May. So it was late May and, um, that was kind of special for us to get back out again. And Spain has some, some, uh, significance to us. Just my wife lived there for a while and we got married there, but you know, we were walking around on the, in the main sort of pedestrian zone there and they happened to have the gold black Bay 58, uh, that was also released at the same time and the window of the store, this AD. And mm-hmm. I, didn't think to go in there. We're going to eat dinner and they were about to close. But the next morning I called them and they're like, yeah, we've got two of them got out on the, you know, leather or the nylon strap. And I said, Oh, I said, well, I'll walk over there in an hour or so. And yeah, I tried it on. I really liked it. And I've actually had nothing but good experiences with it thus far. I've taken it into pools and uh, ocean, sweating it, taking it in the cold and mine, really hasn't discolored much at all. Um, it's probably lost some of that bright white sheen, but it has not turned black anywhere. Um, I think I nailed it with some uh, spray sunblock that probably wasn't very good to the the crown. Um, but, you know, I just used a pencil eraser and took it right off. And um, yeah, I've not had any mm-hmm. of the problems that some have, but you know, is it a, is it a niche watch? Absolutely. Is it a watch that has sort of faded from the, the mind's eye as, uh, as quickly as it came seemingly so, although I guess they're still not overly available in stores, although the secondary prices seem to be pretty much at par with retail. So, you know, I don't care. Um, to me, it's a colorway I like in the watch and, you know, we know that we're probably never going to get just a a black and white fifty eight, and this to me is is kind of a neat alternative. So that's my third pick. I never say never, but I I understand your reasons. I checked it out um, during Dubai Watch Week. The Tudor had a, a booth there, like a like a building or whatever, separate building, and we went in there one morning, um, and we tried on the new. Um, the Pelagos MN, which is quite a sweet watch, by the way. Hmm. Um, definitely not a not a black bay, but but it's something that that is um, it's more than interesting if you're in the market for for a diver like that. Uh, very comfortable, um, very well balanced on the wrist. Really cool watch. And then we checked out some other pieces, the gold ones and whatnot, and also this one. And I have to say, it, it's uh, it's it's really really um, exciting and and feels quite well on the wrist. Uh, I think it was on the leather strap, the one I tried on. But uh, regardless, it's a cool watch, and uh, you got a nice story to tell uh, that's connected to the to the to the watch. So I think it was a it was a great choice, great pickup. So yeah, thanks. Enjoy your watch. All very very cool. All right, so. You did your last one, but I guess you have a plus one now. 
Yeah, because you did one. I I originally picked four, and and then um, I went with that three. But I don't want to you know dwell on this one too long sure. because it's not really a a watch. It's just a, a um, well, it's the new Speedmaster basically mm-hmm. uh, with the new movement and the new dials and the new bracelets and and so on and so forth. So. I don't have this watch. I have the old one, the old new one. Um, and I know not everybody's in love with that bracelet. And I know everybody's in love with this bracelet. And for a reason, I had it. I had the Sapphire for a few days. Uh, I wanted to try it on. And our mutual friend, Hannah from Omega, she sent me one. And I wanted to see if that bracelet works on other cases. And if you might remember, I did this write-up, uh, put it on the, the Ultraman, <clears throat> and the bracelet just looks brilliant mm-hmm. on on the ultraman like any other speedmaster so if you want to get uh, you know if if there is no other reason to get a new speedmaster get it because of the bracelet and if you have other speedies it's an interchangeable bracelet so you can use it i'm not really a fan of the sapphire with the logo with the with the, the applied logo because the logo is the new one and i think it looks weird i like the the vintage style applied logo i know you know what i mean um but um but i love the fact that it's it's applied um it's a metal logo but i would still go with the sapphire and as i said i like the the movement i think it's a it's a great the caliber the updates of the 1861 is was it needed i'm not sure i don't know but it's definitely something that that was done right it's much more expensive than what it was i think we talked about this mm-hmm. before uh, so let's not get into that either. You guys can look it up one of our old episodes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was um, I guess it was a needed facelift, um, and it was a. But in any case, it was a very well done facelift. So that's my plus one: the new Speedmaster with the new movement it, it, bezel and everything. It's a great choice, and it's crazy to think that that came out really in the beginning of the year. I mean, it feels so long ago, and it was such a yeah. big deal. Um, yeah. So it, really a great choice and excellent to bring it up. Thank I you. mean, I think that um, right on all accounts, re- really, the movement is fantastic. And I, I think well worth the money. Um, yeah. yeah so my, my plus one is kind of in the same vein, but um, I chose the Zenith Chronomaster original. So, mm. yeah, they, um, they came out this year with the... Uh, Basically, they brought the A386 case to serial production, which I think for for everyone out there, it was like, it's about time. You know, like really, they had this iconic chronograph that they made for a very brief time, but is, is kind of the face of their brand historically. And they just didn't did never make it and um, you know, make it in serial. They made tons of limited editions over the last five years or so, but I think it's just fantastic that they brought it back and, you know, at roughly 8,800 on steel, you know, the El Primero is one heck of a movement. Um, that case design is great. It's a nice size. And, you know, there were some comments about the, um, the movement and the fact that if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't really count um, hours. It's uh has that sort of, I think it flies around the dial in 10 seconds, the, um, the central chronograph hand. So it's a bit of a, mm-hmm. bit of a different type of, of movement in that regard, but 
it's a great looking watch. And seriously, if I were in the market for, you know, uh, a high-end sort of sporty chronograph, this would be at the top of my list. I like it better than the Daytona, quite frankly. Yeah, it's it's something different. I love the size. I love the fact that it's uh, well, basically what what Zenith does with these the with these reeditions, right? The size is there, the case shape is there, the dial mm-hmm. color is there. Whether you like it or not, that's subjective. I like it. I had it in the Fast and the Fratelli, um, my first, uh, uh, well. Two watches. One was the the Ultraman, and the other one was the Zenith. Um, so I I really love what they're doing, and this is I think it's yeah, as you said, it's a marvelous watch. It's I I always I don't know. I feel I feel some type of way when I see these iconic vintage watches in these blown up forty one forty two millimeter cases um, because brands about that's the, the modern uh, expectations of of modern era. I think it's. It's BS. The expectation is to bring something cool. And if it's smaller, people will still buy it and they will rock it. People rock the vintage Daytonas. And for somebody who has a larger wrist, a vintage Daytona looks, you know. Pretty small. Gimmicky small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who cares? If it's cool, it's cool. Um, and the same thing with this one. This is a beautiful watch. As you said, the the Epimera movement is is an icon. It's up there with the Angeluses and the Excelsior Parks and the the three twenty one Omegas and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's a cool pick. It's a wonderful pick. Uh, I think it's a well, it's a diver and chronograph heavy lineup. But what did you expect from us, right? Absolutely, and <laughs> I I think you know twenty twenty one. You know, there are other releases we could we could bring up, but it was a really it was it was a pretty strong year. I think there were a lot of nice things that came out and you know, just watches that I think the ones we mentioned by and large are watches that you could wear quite a bit. I mean, maybe the Breitling I mentioned is a little bit more of a dressy move, but you know, you could change strap on it or something like that. But it's uh I don't know, for for whatever reason, I really looked at watches this year that comfortable and you know that i could just wear to do whatever yeah so yeah so 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 maybe just to to transition into one final few minutes here because um i told you before the show i wanted to rant a little bit but maybe maybe we can turn this Mm -hmm. into something semi um you know an outlook thing because this is something that I hope somehow dies in 2022. And I don't know what it'll take. I hope not a recession, but um, I'm really, really tired of the hype train around, you know, whether it's certain watches, just, you know, just the, the crazy secondary prices of, some pieces and just seeing like these horrible Instagram things that now pop up as a, as an ad or follow um, mm-hmm. of these people with these huge watch boxes of nothing but Nautilus's Royal Oaks and Daytona's and sky dwellers and whatever else it is. Um, just, uh, I don't know. It, it really, I have to say sometimes it makes me just want to, kind of run away a little bit <laughs> so mm. uh, yeah i know what you mean it always as i said i think i said it before i maybe put in an article like to me when i see these these instagram posts it says look at this amazing collection and there's like 
10 of of uh, new APs in them. That's not a collection. All you need is a bag of money. You go into any AP store and you say, here's 450000 or 100 dollars i want 10 watches and then you put them in a box mm. that's to me that's not a collection um also the same thing goes with i don't know i think you and i saw it in this group uh, or the the group uh, a while ago with this box of rolex watches on untouched still with the the plastic bezel cover on them in a in a in a watch in a leather watch box and that's clearly you know, somebody bought that who's not into watches because they want to preserve the value. They just they just look at it as as uh, as investment pieces, and this is the the most hateful term I think in watch watch in this uh, the watch community investment piece. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. It, it, it almost makes me um, pine for the days, as cringeworthy as the sounds of of those accounts that would pop up with like. You know, somebody posting their Rolex next to an expensive bottle of scotch, a Louis Vuitton wallet, and, uh, mm. you know, a key to their Ferrari. That was somehow yeah. even better than just seeing a, a box of watches that have never been worn. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, it's tough to, tough to watch. I know I should just turn away I, from it, but I, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, um, I don't know where I, I heard it. Somebody said that there's a difference between, um, I really can't remember where I heard it anyways. There's a different difference between a watch lover and an opportunist. Because an opportunist buys the watch because they know watches are hot. But once the bubble bursts or, or attention you know, moves on to something else, they'll move on, they'll disappear. Mm. And the watch lovers will stay. And that is the difference. That's the problem. Because before these opportunists were in the watch industry, we were already here, right? And not not you and I, but the watch lovers. We were already here. And we will be here because we are in this for the hobby. I'll buy an ugly watch just because I know the movement inside is something that's interesting to me. I buy a watch that's not my, my wrist size. I, I, I've bought watches that are not my wrist size just because... Of the brand, or I have Angelus watches that are 33, 34 million. I will never wear them. And they were they were not cheap. But just because of the history, I want to understand the movement, the design, the brand, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. When these opportunists will not see this 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 quick money grab in these watches and they move on, yeah. if they move on, and I hope I, I sincerely hope they move on, will still be here. Yeah. Um until then. I guess, yeah, as you said, we have to look the other way. But it's not cool. No, and I mean, I'm always thankful for things like vintage, you know? And yeah, that, to me, you can carve out your own niche. You don't have to follow the herd there either. And there's so much to explore. Like you said, some amazing movements. And, you know, you look at our uh, our friend and colleague, Thomas, who uh, writes TBT, and I swear he comes up with... <laughs> <laughs> he finds the weirdest watches, but th- these aren't in some, some cases they're, they're expensive. And in some cases they're not, but that's what he's into. Yeah. And I give him a lot of credit for that, for you and your Angelus. Um, I mean, I'm a, a Seiko guy. I always tell people like when I tell them I have a big collection of watches, I said, there's an astounding number of watches I own that are, you know, a hundred to 120 bucks, you know, and, and that's, yeah. but they give me a lot of joy. And I think that's, 
that's important to remember that you can still find that here and and as as disgusted as I kind of started this discussion or this conversation um I do have to remember that there's some really good stuff and some really good people in this too for all the Definitely. doofuses out there there are a lot of good people that I think you know even during the last 2 years um even not talking about watches they've been um I think pretty important uh, to help keeping us sane in some cases. Yeah, definitely. That's and what you said is true. That's the most important uh, thing, I guess. This is a hobby, right? For us, it's it's a bit of a, I guess, profession. You can say it, but but it's first and foremost, it's a hobby, and you need to have fun. And I don't think those opportunists have fun. They're always worried about their money. And I don't say you know go and buy watches without doing your research left and right and, and don't worry about the money. No, you should be obviously, well, especially if the watch is expensive, you should think about what you're buying and do your due diligence and do your research and talk with the dealer and, and understand the piece, et cetera, et cetera, because it will save you a lot of money down the line. But buy it because you like it. Buy it for the fun of it. Don't buy it to show it show it off or, or, or try to compete with someone because, I mean, if that's your thing, do it, sure, yeah. but... Yeah, but that's I think that's not how it should be. That's just and that's my subjective opinion. Obviously, you you can you can do whatever you want with it. You can walk away or or you can agree with me. But that's my opinion. I don't do it for for fame. And I'm I'm much I'm happy driving a a, a simple car with maybe an expensive watch, but a watch that I definitely like, rather than the other way around. It's not how it should be. You should get in in the hobby because it's fun, as you said, and because you enjoy it, not because you want to show off or not because you want to make a quick buck or be a flipper. Or, or We all flip watches. That's not the point. But flipping watches once or twice or being a, a habitual flipper, so to speak, is is something different or or being an opportunist who, who just wants to make a quick buck on, on something that's hyped and then move on to the next one. I pity the fool. Absolutely. What is it? Uh, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. So there you go. one day, one day it will there happen. But in any case, Balash, yes. I got to tell you, it was fantastic getting back together with you and we should do it yeah. again. We should. We should. We're probably not going to do it in, well, in 2021 anymore, unless we do a quick one between the two holidays, between the two Christmas and New Year. But uh, I'll try to edit this one as fast as I can and push it out hopefully in the next few days so you guys will have something to listen to. And it's we're over an hour now. Uh, something to listen to while you're getting ready to decorate the Christmas tree or have your significant other in the kitchen. Hopefully not. Dude, uh, dude. Because it never ends. That never ends well. Trust me. That never ends well. If there are, Amer- Somebody's- if there are Americans listening to this, Balash, they decorated the Christmas tree like a month ago, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Then okay, wrap your <laughs> presents or just whatever. Just you know, put your feet up and and put your headphones on and and enjoy it. Um, or I don't know, in the parking lot of McDonald's because you don't want to go home because your significant other doesn't allow you to listen to watch. I don't know. I'll, I'm just digging this hole deeper and deeper for myself. So I should stop. <laughs> in any case, yeah, it's been great, Mike. It's it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Um, I'm wishing you and yours uh, Merry Christmas and hopefully, well, Happy New Year. But hopefully, we'll talk before. And the same and to, to you. you guys as well. And the same Thank to you. you. Happy holidays and travel well. And yeah, we'll come together soon. And with that, Mike is out. Polish is 
好。